Thank you for tuning in to this episode of CannaCast. I'm your host, Eric Allstatter, Eisner Amper's National Cannabis and Hemp Practice Leader. Today, we're going to discuss insurance issues for cannabis companies with James Jackson, the Global Head of Cannabis at Mark Edward Partners. James, thanks for joining me here today. Oh, thanks for having me, Eric. I truly appreciate being here. Looking forward to our conversation. James, why don't you tell everyone how you got to the cannabis space? Yeah, so um, for me, you know, after graduating college, I always had interest in the medicinal properties and, and the alternative treatment of cannabis. Worked on the operator side for some time. Got my certification in horticulture and cultivation. You know, worked with a few vertically integrated companies in the Denver market, kind of learning everything, you know, from seed to sale. Did that for about three years prior to kind of jumping back on the corporate side. Worked in a number of different industries, kind of all in the financial services and insurance side. So I was for a while with PNC Bank as a virtual wallet sales manager for the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. Ended up then moving back to New Jersey, where I'm from originally, and becoming a sales executive at ADP. Did that for about six years prior to moving over to Aon, where, you know, after starting at Aon, I heard mumblings that they were going to allow us to start offering insurance to cannabis operators. This was probably about three and a half, almost four years ago. And in that process, I figured, hey, this is something I should take a hold of. I have pretty good knowledge of this. And and out of this 60,000 employee company that Aon is, I'm pretty sure that I probably have the deepest knowledge on cannabis and plant and how it ultimately could relate to insurance. So, you know, essentially found the, the couple insurers at the time that were willing to offer coverage, the one premium finance company kind of at the time that was willing to help these operators actually be able to, to stretch out these payments and not have to pay a large sum of premium at one time and started bringing over companies to Aon. After doing that for about a year and a half, I had a, a better opportunity to come over to Mark Edward Partners. We are a, a global international brokerage firm, have deep experience in cannabis even prior to me coming over about a year ago. I just brought some more expertise to the team and, and honestly moving over to Mark Edward Partners, which is, uh, you know, more, more of a boutique firm, a little bit more agile in the space. We're able to, to, to get creative and do a lot of things and, and kind of help a spectrum of clients from startup to middle market all the way up to you know, your large publicly traded uh, multi-state operators. So that's kind of my trek. And, and I'm here now, the global head of cannabis, you know, running all things cannabis for our firm. What aspects of the cannabis industry post the biggest risks to companies? So that's a little bit of a loaded question, but I would say, listen, it's it, it, in general, the, it's looked at one as a pretty risky industry, right? You have to think about the fact that it's not federally legal. Fortunately, because of the way that insurance is, is essentially ran, because uh, essentially insurance is state mandated is the reason that a lot of these companies are able to even offer policies to a lot of these uh, cannabis operators. But I mean, it truly depends on on really what vertical within the vertical of cannabis that you're in, right? So if that's you know, if you're a vertically integrated operator, meaning you do everything from seed to sale, obviously your risk is much more vast than somebody who's maybe just on the retail side or just on the cultivation side. But I think to start any cannabis company that obviously is raising funds, which is mostly done privately because there's not a lot of institutional money in the cannabis space right now, is a lot of management liability, which is directors and officers insurance, right? Anytime you're raising funds, making sure that that DNO insurance is in place and kind of moving forward, you know, if you're a vertically integrated operator, you have to be able to ensure not only your retail arm, not only your cultivation, but you also have to be able to ensure um, your manufacturing and processing operations as well. I know we're going to take a little bit deeper dive into some of the more specifics, but I would say first to start is, you know, when you're raising funds, which is to start all startups, specifically cannabis companies, is management professional liability. You had mentioned uh, federal illegality. Do you see the legality of cannabis changing in the near future? 
I wish I had a crystal ball to be able to say yes. Uh, I would say I'm optimistic. I see it being, you know, federal legalization probably happening in the next three to five years. As we see kind of more states, I believe 35 medical programs and now almost 16 adult use programs around the country. More and more Southern states who, frankly, I thought would take a little bit longer to come around are making a lot of strides and legalizing specifically on the medical side. I think the ball is pushing. I think things are pushing forward. I don't know how immediate things are going to change, but I think that the first thing that would help is the pass of the Safe Banking Act, which would help companies like insurance companies and banks and, and, and these operators to be able to kind of move freely within federally insured banks to be able to have somewhere for their, their funds to go. The two big pieces of legislation, you mentioned one of them, which is the Safe Banking Act. The other one is the MORE Act. And the MORE Act would tend to deschedulize cannabis. What impact would that have on the insurance landscape for the companies? So Safe Banking Act, I think, has a much larger impact specifically to insurance, right? Because as funding opens up, as institutional money is going to be able to come into the space, as federally insured banks are going to be able to do you know day-to-day banking as well as loans to specifically directly to cannabis operators, that's going to obviously open up the insurance market. That's going to allow, I think, which is a hard market on the cannabis side right now, I'm not going to say very expensive, but more expensive than outside cannabis industry. I think you're going to see the rates become fairer and a lot of those premiums kind of come back down and maybe start to right size over time as the Safe Banking Act passes. The MORE Act is a little bit trickier just because there are some specific mandates in the MORE Act that make it a little bit more difficult for those that have been charged with previous crimes in cannabis to be involved in the industry. And, and that's something that I don't think anybody wants to see. Right. And you had mentioned that insurance could be different based on what type of cannabis company you're talking to. So how would insurance or, or, or how does it differ between, say, a, a grower versus a dispensary? Let's focus on those two areas of the, of the industry for, to start with? Sure. So let's start with a dispensary, right? So dispensary, essentially, you're thinking about a retail storefront. A lot of risk with, you know, storefront retail, specifically on the cannabis side is, you know, you're worried more about things like burglary, vandalism, fire, theft. So you want to make sure that you have, you know, obviously coverage to be able to cover those type of perils. I think another thing to be cognizant about and, and think about is also to have a product liability policy. Even though you're not maybe creating or finishing the end product that you are ultimately selling or retailing to either patients or consumers, um, I think it's important that if there is somebody that has an adverse reaction or somebody that tries to claim something happened from consuming, as a retailer, you'll absolutely be named in that type of suit. And I think it's important to have that type of coverage as well. I think also on the retail side, it's important, you know, depending on state, a lot of retailers have the, the ability to be able to also offer delivery. So I think it's important to, to understand that risk and make sure that there is some type of higher non-on auto or business auto in place to be able to support that type of risk from transporting cannabis from point A being the retail dispensary to the cannabis consumer's doorstep. And also, obviously, anytime you have employees, workers comp, EPLI, and those things are important. Also thinking about, again, raising funds, having professional management liabilities is also an important part of the insurance mix or, or what the portfolio should look like for a dispensary specifically. Now, when you speak about cultivation, that is more, there's a little bit more risks that that start to rise, right? You have to make sure that, you know, outside of obviously covering the building that you are covering, you know, your equipment, making sure that equipment breakdown is covered just if, in case there is something that happens to either your grow equipment, humidifier, anything that that's helping you create that atmosphere to grow your cannabis indoor is important to uh, to cover. Also, 
something to think about along with product liability because you're you're creating a product that people ultimately are going to be inhaling or consuming you have to also think about covering your actual living plant right actual indoor crop coverage while you're cultivating it's important to cover those things because there is things like light bulbs bursting and fires happening and different perils that can cause you to lose part of your crop or your entire crop. So it's important that each of your plants are valued to the correct value to make sure that you are reimbursed if there is a loss that happens and also coverage on your finished stock. So after your your product is harvested prior to it, you know, being sold to a distributor direct to a retailer, that stock is sitting there and it's important that that is covered because that's ultimately the lifeblood of the business. Lastly, one of the, the things to uncover is business interruption coverage. I think that's very important for specifically cultivators who, if they do experience a loss, it could take them up to four months to you know, replant and have another successful harvest to make up what they've lost. And it's integral to make sure that they are given back or compensated for not only the loss of time, the loss of product, but the amount of time that's gonna take them to get back up to full scale because of that said loss. Great, well, th- that's great. And, and, and James, thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, And thank you for listening to Canacast as part of the Eisner Amper podcast series. Please visit eisneramper.com slash cannabis for more information on podcasts. And join us at our next Canacast podcast where we'll discuss other budding issues. Thank you.